Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richards Cafe, TechSense Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. This podcast is also brought to you by TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Taylor Raglan. And gentlemen, let's look back on the previous week of high school football. Seven weeks are in the books. Plenty of fascinating stuff developed within the last week or so, so let's touch on some of the major storylines that emerged after week seven. Uh, For this first part, Justin, we're going to kind of turn the floor over to you to make sense of just what is turning out to be one of the more unpredictable districts that we have in our coverage area. Um, District 6 Hey man, I'm not even sure where to start with this one. We yeah, I don't think we're going to make sense of it, but we can talk about it a little bit. We can bit. try our best. Try our best just to make heads and tails of this district that has been as, as up and down topsy-turvy as any district that we've had in recent memory. I mean, when you look over those district standings, what is the first thing that jumps out at you? I guess for starters, so we got Flower Mountain alone in first at 3-0. and Then we have a four-way tie for second at 2-1 mm. between Coppell, Marcus, Hebron, and Louisville. Uh, Irving Mack is sitting in sixth at one and two, and then tied for seventh. Irving and Nimitz at zero and three. So, I really don't know what to think about this district. You know, when when we came in here in August, I was thinking it was a two-team race for mm-hmm. the top spot, kind of between Capel and Hebron, and then kind of a three-team race for those next two spots between Flower Mound, Marcus, and Louisville. Then we come in here after non-district, and we say, "Hey, these Irving schools aren't as bad as we thought. Maybe, maybe they could kind of throw a wrench in this." Now, I don't know. Now, <laughs> now, instead of two at the top and three, let's just say there's looks like there's five teams for four mm-hmm. spots. Maybe Irving and MacArthur could play spoiler, but they're going to have to get hot to actually get in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And Irving Nimitz and Irving are kind of bringing up the rear. Yeah. I mean, you just saw Nimitz. Yeah, Nimitz bad is, for Nimitz, yeah, man. No, yeah, Nimitz is yeah, that's, that's a salty 0-3, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, that so, team should have beat mean, Marcus. They should have beat Marcus, as yeah. you said, you were covering that game. But yeah. then they got absolutely drilled 53-8 to by Flower Mound on Thursday. Um, so, yes, right now Flower Mound is 3-0. and They're atop the district heap. Um, they haven't face the toughest slate compared yeah. to other teams with, you know, their only bi- their big win coming over Louisville and their yeah, crazy, say they crazy comeback. But that was a game that was yeah. plenty losable. In plenty losable, right. they came back and got it. So they're 3-0, and and, you know, they have a game against um, Hebron this week where if they beat Hebron, they'll be 4-0. and They'll have already beat Hebron and Louisville. Like, that's basically, you never know what's going to happen, but I would think four wins is going to be good enough to get in the playoffs probably. Yeah. I would think so. So I would, you know, they can... 
pick up a win at home against Hebron this week and basically be in the playoffs. And I thought they were going to be fighting for it. So that Louisville <laughs> win is really, really looking big for them right now. Then you look at Louisville. You know they lose that game. That was they're up twenty. They they give it away, and you're saying, "Oh, come on, Louisville, this is supposed to be your year." And then they turn around and shot Coppell thirteen to six. Um, <laughs> it definitely speaks to the statement that you were making beforehand about this Louisville defense yeah, being yeah. on just a completely they different level. They do look like they have a really good yeah. defense. You know, Flower Mound's the only team that's put points on them, and they were shut out at halftime. Mm-hmm. And it took you know, it took two possessions basically inside the, tw- in the starting in the red zone to kind of get their offense rolling. Um, but yeah, six points to Coppell, ten points to Irving MacArthur, twenty-one to a boy team that's now looking like a playoff team out of nine-six A. That yeah. Yeah. when they played, you weren't thinking too much of it, but now that's looking like a good result. Um, so yeah, this defense is playing really good, keeping Coppell out of the end zone completely last week. For uh, trying to think of you know two years ago they put it on Marcus in the in the axe game, but other than that, this has to be probably maybe the biggest win Louisville's had in like yeah. 10 years maybe well, interesting like, for Coppell too man I don't I don't know what's going on I mean that game for well, Coppell this week is is huge yeah huge so Coppell and Marcus are going to get it on this week and both of them are coming off losses and both of them are in that four way heap at 2 and 1 so whoever comes up short in that one's going to really have to be struggling fight a little uphill, bit but yeah um, but yeah I've mentioned I like that Louisville defense they're playing good and I've also kind of mentioned uh, you know Coppell's kind of play to their opponent style and that seems to be playing out so far again this season they seem to struggle with teams you think they'll beat or beat convincingly and then kind of turn around and play good mm-hmm. against better teams so right and then you got Hebron right there at two and one two um or yeah two and one big nice win over Marcus yeah. I think they're kind of it's kind of what you might expect from Hebron I guess right here um so who do we like? These results have been just so unpredictable, and I'm just going back and looking. Like the Nimitz thing was like because we had that. That was one of the games on the picket line last yeah. week, and mm-hmm. like I was actually kind of going back and forth and yeah, deliberating over Flyermount yep. versus Nimitz just because of how well they played yeah. Marcus, and then Flyermount goes up and beats them 53 to eight. Yeah, very impressive score there. After you know, kind of worried about Flyermount yeah. after Prosper drilled them on that. Yeah. Crazy yeah. weather Friday, mm-hmm. and they've come right out and win three are in the districts. So. Are they starting to take care of the football a little bit better? Yeah, they're, de- they're definitely taking care of the ball a little more. Um, so that's a positive, and I don't know. So maybe that quarterback switch to Jake Welch and Blake Short sat out the first half of that game against Louisville, and maybe that really did something mentally because he's come back from that and looked like a totally different quarterback yeah. in those well, two and a half yeah. games since then. I mean, even when I saw him, I thought their offense looked pretty good outside of turning football over yeah. so much. So I knew if you know they started taking care of the football and, and you know playing a little cleaner, they would be good on offense. I mean, you, they just have a, a ton of weapons mm-hmm. and a really good passing game, so you you figured if he could stop turning it over yeah. and stop throwing interceptions, they'd have something, and, and maybe they do. So I don't. I mean, this this is could be a five way tie for first. If I don't know if that's logistically possible, but I don't see a whole lot separating all these teams. And yeah, it's crazy. Who, who would you? I mean, is it is it fair to even ask who you think right now might have the inside track? Is it? I mean, is it Flyer Mounted? You know, three and zero or whatnot, or who do you feel like is is maybe best suited to maybe pull away from this pack when all said and done? Uh, such, such a tough question. <laughs> As an outsider, I kind of like Hebron just because I feel like they've yeah. had some tough games and they've played well. I don't think they've ever really had a like a really really down week, whereas mm-hmm. all these other teams have had some pretty pretty down efforts. I think Hebron's maybe been a little bit more consistent, and Flyer Mount still has to go play some really good teams. I yeah. think. Yeah, I'll have to like 
look at the possible scenarios and see if there's a way that five teams could get to four wins and yeah. tie for first. But for your sake, I hope there isn't a way. The tiebreaker's not going to be fun though. to sort out. It would be, it would be fun, but uh. um, I mean, it's really tough to pick a favorite, and I'm. These teams all seem pretty close, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my preseason predictions. Okay, all which right. were just to we're just to reaffirm Hold those, fast. reiterate those. Uh, I have I had Capel, Hebron, um, Louisville, uh, or Flower Mound, and Louisville, and then I had Marcus as the odd man out. Then I changed them before the district, and I had Flower Mound as the team out. I don't know if that happens at this point. I think Flower Mound's got some some important wins, like well, you said. If they, yeah, if they beat MacArthur, that's gonna yeah. That's the last game of the season. So they could lose three in a row, beat MacArthur, and still get to still four, get four, four wins. wins. I'll have to crunch the numbers and see if a f- there's a way a four-win team could miss the playoffs. Yeah. It feels, it feels likely that we're going to have to invoke some sort of tiebreaker. Yeah, or something yeah like I just had it written all over it. I can't sure. see this just being four clean teams. It feels, like, it feels like 7-5-8 Division two a little bit where we're just already gearing up for some crazy scenario at the end between you know a couple teams, if not, in your case, three so, or four. Who knows? Something that will be very telling about this game coming up for Capel Friday against Mark. Marcus, you know, Marcus's defense, um, you know, certainly has yeah. the capability to slow teams down and force turnovers, especially. And I'm just looking at just the recent, like the past month for uh, you know for Capel's offense. You have six points against Louisville, sixteen against Hebron. Yeah. I mean, twenty eight against MacArthur, but you know, yeah. um, and then they were shut out in half in the half that they were able to play against mm-hmm. Allen. So I mean, it's definitely a. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm almost kind of in line with Taylor in that I think that this the you know, with what Hebron's shown on yep. both sides of the ball, their ceiling appears to be right now just a little I bit think higher. I think they've oh, had yeah. a tougher slate so far, for mm-hmm. sure. Even I can see that, but Coppell does already. They have do the have the head to head. I know. Yeah, so on that goofy, <laughs> that goofy finish, three block game. Man, <laughs> I've still lost sleep over that one. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that is a look at District Six Six A. Who knows how this thing is going to turn out? It's nobody be crazy. Yeah. Nobody. But I just. Would say nobody's breathing easy. Even Farmout at three and zero. Oh no way! Farmout's got to be the most back, uncomfortable three and zero like in the area. Yeah. Not that they don't deserve to be three and zero, but just with who they have left and how crazy yeah, it is, they, they got to be so They have a three game little mini gauntlet here where they have to go. Mm-hmm. They have to bring Hebron at home, but then they have to go to Marcus and to Capel. Yeah. So I mean, obviously in this district, it's looking like it reminds every, every me a lot of winnable. It reminds me a lot of Lovejoy, who got to start district with. You know, a very easy schedule, and mm-hmm. now is having the 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 second, the toughest second half by far, and oh, yeah. and is gonna um, learn a lot about itself. I think, especially how they rebound from that loss last week. I think Fly Round's kind of in a similar boat. Just you know, they they definitely had a not an easy first half, but easier. So I mean, who knows? Plenty, of, yeah, still plenty to learn about the remainder of District Six Six A. Plenty to learn about for uh, District Nine Six A, and um, that'll actually be the focus on the back end of the podcast. And just to kind of uh, segue into that, our student athlete spotlight actually shines down on McKinney this week. Lions picked up their first win of the season, a seventeen seven victory over Plano. One of the players instrumental in that effort was defensive back Andrew Pitts. Kendrick Johnson had a chance to swing by campus and talk with Andrew on their big win and his season thus far. And we will see what Andrew Pitts had to say after a word from this sponsor. 
Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. This is Johnson coming to you from McKinney this week with star cornerback Andrew Pence. Andrew, give us some insight to just the team around for that big win against Plano. Uh, it was good. Just uh, going from losing, now winning our first game. It felt really good. The team was excited. Offense did great. Defense played well, too. How's it feel to be in, a, in like in a transitional class? Because you were the few people that know how it is. You, y'all was with the Pauls when you were a sophomore. Y'all made it last year. You were a key contributor, and then this year you kind of like building the building block for the future. How's it kind of your class is like in a weird position? Uh, you just gotta help the young kids, young uh, teammates here get better, so then they can do better in the future. So give us into the insight to, to the interception heard all around the DFW Metroplex on Friday. What did what you see? How did you make that play? Uh, I saw the quarterback like pull it from the running back, and I saw him just throw it up. And I, in my head, I was like, that's mine. That's my ball. No one else is getting it. And I just jumped up and got it. How, how many tweets and calls have you got about that play? <laughs> did, did you know it was a, when you when you saw it on film? Did you know it looked like that way when you did it, or just one of those things like you was in the moment and you saw it like, wow, I did that. <laughs> it was in the moment, heat of the game, close game. Had to get a stop so we can get our offense out there. What is it about Mc, about Plano and McKinney? You see, like y'all got their number. That's three years in a row that y'all ain't got their number. I don't know. We just outplayed them. So how much momentum do y'all have going forward for the rest of the season and how do y'all build off that big win? Because we know y'all not trying to stop with that. Y'all trying to come at Plano West and add another dub to that total. Yeah, we have a lot of momentum right now. Feeling this win helps us. Our offense is going to be great on Friday. Watching film. We're just going to go out there and put on a show. How much influence has Coach um, Shavers had that's got y'all playing at this level? Because even when y'all were losing, like the Allen game, people don't realize y'all played with Allen for a half. And it's like little bitty things. How much of those little bitty things add up to big things in a big picture now? It helps us a lot. Coach Shavers has been really helping us, getting us through the losses and stuff, making us better, and it's really helping us. How much different was it to come in here on Saturday after a win versus a loss? Like, what's some of the fun stuff that y'all did to celebrate that big win? Uh, we did the same, but we just had awards and uh, breakfast burritos. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's a nice incentive. <laughs> yeah. So what's y'all mindset now going against Plano West this weekend? Doing the same thing we did last week. Going in there at their home, beating them. Coming back here having fun. So is it great to be a bikini line now? <laughs> yeah. 
and what do y'all have to do to keep improving? Because like each week y'all make improvements, so that's kind of hard to do for ten straight weeks. But some way y'all find a way to do it. So how, how, how big a deal is to keep improving so that y'all at y'all best by the end of the year? Just go up there, hundred percent at practice every day, and listen to the coaches. <laughs> yeah, that's always key. What are you doing individually to stay in, involved? Since they, teams literally got the huddle footage on you. Oh, that pitch kid, man, he had six picks, three, three pick sixes. We stayed away from him. So how you stay engaged and not get like caught slipping um, when they try to when they try to test you? I just keep my mindset right, just in case they do. And if they do, it's a bad, bad experience for them. <laughs> Uh, does it make you feel good the fact that you're that you're now the leader? You went from being the youngster when I first met you to be the leader of the secondary, and how's that how's that transition happen for you? When you got these guys looking up to you now versus the other way around. When I first met you, you a wide eyed sophomore, man. Like I just want to get on that field and make a play. Now you the playmaker, they looking at you. Yeah, it feels good. I just gotta keep keep these youngsters up, keep them keep improving them, keep doing my job. And for our final question, just sum up this whole season and what it's going to take to finish strong and finish the right way that y'all want to end this season. Uh, keep working hard. Keep our mind on winning. And just go out there and play 100%. Thanks again to Andrew Pitts of McKinney High School for chatting with Kendrick for our student athlete spotlight. So let's round out this back half of the podcast with a look at let's stick with McKinney ISD because what a uh, what a big week for McKinney ISD uh, MISD went 3-0 and and some nice little milestone accolades right along the way before we dive into 9-6-A let's, let's take a look at one of the funkier scores that um, I'm sure we'll see all season the anti-Mesquite versus Rockwall Heath if you will 90-32 to <laughs> McKinney North over Wiley East last Friday out at a Wiley ISD Stadium um, yeah 90 points and they <laughs> They took a quarter off. Yes, this game. Yes, ninety to thirty-two. This game was zero-zero after the first quarter, and then McKinney North decided just to hang your, you know, yeah. good old, you know, you see it all the time, good old forty-eight point second quarter. Wiley East yeah. had them uh, right where they wanted them after the first quarter, and then uh, <laughs> something happened. I mean that I went through them and just there's just a chart what what happened in that second quarter. I mean it's it's insanity that you can somehow squeeze 48 points yeah. from one team into a single quarter, but it is in fact possible now. We do know that that can indeed happen. Um, basically, uh, there were 13 drives in the second quarter alone. Um, North forced four turnovers. Leave two picks and uh, and two uh, you know East lost two fumbles as well and then yeah they scored seven touchdowns four passing touchdowns from Dylan Markowitz two rushing touchdowns from Manny Fincher one from Hunter Shea um, I mean yeah Wiley East ran 19 plays and turned the ball over four times within that span North only ran 23 and scored seven touchdowns off of that so. One a, a quarter that you will let, not likely uh, see. Yeah, I'd like to know how long that soon. quarter actually took. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, apologies to whoever was on deadline for uh, for that game. Not a, I mean, so I mean, with for McKinney North's sake, I mean, this is now. Uh, I mean, I think they've they've shaken off the you know. I mean, that was such a uh, such a red herring that was thrown out there that district opener with um, with that loss to Sherman, and now to see the job that they've done bouncing back from that with wins over Texas High, a game yep. that I think we all thought they were going to lose. I took the Bulldogs. You were a believer, so shout out to you. That's why you're in first place in the pick <laughs> one. 
Um, and, um, and now that they've you know taken care of a Wiley East team and done so by hanging, that has to be a program record. That's got to be that up has there. To be. I mean, that's Far ninety away. points. I know North can put up offense, but ninety points. You is, don't see that. Yeah, that's just that is unheard of. Um, and they did so with. I mean, we just mentioned a couple of those running backs. They had three running backs in this game that had at least one hundred forty eight yards rushing. Uh, Charles Grogan, Manny Fincher, and uh, Hunter Shea. I mean, Dylan Markowitz, you know, who was, um, you know, was quarterbacking this one. You know, Cam Constantine was, I guess, sideline. He, you know, got a, what he sustained a concussion against um, against Sherman, and he yeah. you know, didn't start the the Texas high game. But Dylan yeah. Markowitz, I mean, eleven of thirteen. He threw for, you know, for four touchdowns. I mean, what a what a performance from McKinney North. Ninety yeah. points. That is a. That's some solid stuff, and they got a huge game coming up against West Mesquite and a potential playoff eliminator yep. out of out of that district. So they were they found the win column on uh, on Friday night. We can talk about nine six a now because this will kind of uh, dictate the rest of the podcast. Um, shout out to, to McKinney High, man. Yeah, man. A, yeah, that was the game that I was at on Friday. A de facto shutout. Nope, the Lions were able to pick up their first win of the season, their first win under their new head coach, Marcus Shavers, and they did so against a team that, uh, you think of all the teams that McKinney was going to play this year, this would be the one team that kind of had that game circled on their schedule. Yep. Um, sure enough, they made it three consecutive wins over Plano Senior. They beat Plano 17-7. to um, this was a. Uh, I mean, I was at this game. It was a uh, just a defensive struggle of the of the highest order. I mean, Plano only had what 239 yards of offense. That was still like 120 more yeah. <laughs> better than what McKinney had. Yeah. I mean, this was basically McKinney playing. I mean, their defense was terrific. I mean, they mm-hmm. were just. I mean, they were shutting down Plano's run game after Plano had a solid opening drive that unfortunately wound up, you know, ending in a missed field goal. Unfortunate for Plano that it turned out that way. But I mean, after that, I mean, Plano had absolutely no running room and a lot of that was a testament to the front seven from uh you know from uh, from McKinney Andrew Pitts you know mm-hmm. who's the subject of our student spotlight he had a spectacular one-handed interception in the fourth quarter that you know went a, went a good ways towards you know salting the game away yep. and it was trying to cut into that deficit McKinney never trailed in this game and they pitched a they like you said they almost pitched a shutout they it had, basically was they scored in like the last like with what 48 seconds left yeah. or something like that they pitched more than 47 minutes yeah. of shutout football um just yeah an impressive performance by McKinney's defense Offense, offense. Um, again, you know, neither offense was, you know, was trying out for a beauty pageant on Friday, yeah. but they did just enough. They were opportunistic. You know, Plano had a rough time in special teams, and McKinney was able to capitalize on that. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, to McKinney High for getting that, uh, for getting that first win under uh, under head coach Marcus Shavers, and we'll see what they can do with that. I mean, yeah, who knows yeah. now? I mean, because you have to think of that. I mean, they get a chance now heading into a game against Plano West, where they're going to be just energized in a way yeah. that I don't think they would have been had Plano defeated them. Nope. So. We'll see. Could get a potential uh, nice little winning streak going for me. Oh, yeah. Well, and and on the other side of the coin is is Plano. Now, you know what, one and two in district Mm -hmm. and and sitting down near the bottom and and, uh, some tough sledding ahead for sure, you know, starting with this week. And I think the thing you have to be concerned about if you're, you know, a Plano fan is that the the run game is just dried up. And it's it's pretty unbelievable how – how ineffective it's been after the first couple of weeks they had on the yeah. ground. And, and that duo back there. I mean, you have Cody Christ and, and Kyron Cumbie. You should be able to run the football on anybody, in theory. Yeah. But it's just they it's only, just gone away. They only had 121 rushing <coughs> yards against uh, against McKinney. More than half of those came on the opening drive. So yeah. after that opening drive, they averaged just a shade over 2.5 yards per carry the yeah. rest of the game. Um, and that's kind of been, you know, it was one thing when it happened against Allen. That's Allen. Allen is Allen, yeah. They also had a tough time running the ball against Rowlett. Yeah. Um, they got, you know, they got back on track against Plano West. But, you know, West is, you know, is going through some, you know, some tough spots of its own right. 
right now. Um, but this is not through the last four games where they just have had a tough time establishing the run. And the fact of the matter is, when you're a run-first offense... That's what Plano does, man. you, you got to you know, be able to run the football. The path to victory, they shrink exponentially when yep. you cannot impose your will on the ground. I mean, Plano's defense played lights out against McKinney. They said they held McKinney to 129 yards, yeah, and that still wasn't enough. I mean, so the defense has been just, you know, has been great. It was great against Rowlett. You know, Allen, you know, did what it did. Allen's Allen. Yeah, Allen's Allen. I mean, they don't to get to, into yeah. the other 968 yeah, story of the week, we Allen is Allen. Yeah, we don't have to compare anybody to Allen. It's not fair to the rest of the district. Um, but, yeah, with Plano right now, it's, you know, so they've had a tough time establishing the run game in recent weeks. Special teams was an issue. Like I just mentioned earlier, they had, you know, you know two muffed punts. They, uh, yep. Um, they uh, you know they they botched the snap on another punt. I mean they just and, and those you know both of those uh, you know two special teams turnovers you know led to McKinney touchdown drive. So it's just a case right now where I don't know you'd expect that uh, and you know earlier in the season they had issues with extra points. Even in their win against El Paso Eastwood, Eastwood mm-hmm. recovered. I want to say was it three, three or four onside kicks? Yeah. So I mean it's just that was a strange one too. I mean yeah. that game was just strange all over yeah. the place. Yeah, I mean, has got a lot I mean, to you know. Plano has a bit to clean up, and I mean fortunately the schedule looking forward just isn't going to <laughs> give them much margin for nope, error because not many chances. I mean, this, this going to cost them a playoff spot. I think that uh, it. I think that it will honestly. Uh, I mean, you look. They have to play East Jesuit Boyd and Prosper. It's the opposite of the Plano East schedule because Plano East, I think, with with the current standings, gets five, six, seven, eight, and Plano gets literally. I don't know if it's quite. It's not one, two, three, four, but it's 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 up there. I mean, they've already played Allen, but that you could argue that's the four best teams other than Allen. I think they are. Jadon McCullough said after the game because Plano did look just a little shell shocked. I don't think for a second they thought that they were going to lose that game to to McKinney. And just, the way it happened, just too. The, just the effort that they put in. Just I mean, how they. I mean, just I mean that was the focus of the bye week was yep. getting as much of a jump start on preparing for McKinney as possible, and then to have that performance. I don't think anybody Mm-mm. in you know in that locker room saw that coming or outside of it, Coach. McCullough said afterwards that he just, you know, he need, he wants to see the team that played Hebron start of the year in their season opener. Yeah, that was two months ago. Yeah, no, yeah, that's <laughs> I know. That, that team is good enough to make the playoffs out of this district. That's good enough to beat Boyd. It's good enough mm-hmm. to beat Jesuit and maybe Prosper and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's good enough to hang with just about anybody. But in it's going to take that now. Yeah, is but the that's thing. the thing. Is like, it just right now, though, it's just it's not I don't, the team. Because I don't think you're going to beat Plano East, so then you have to run the table against Jesuit, Boyd, and Prosper and, and the way those three teams have played. I mean, Jesuit's had a couple, you know, tight losses, but I mean, that's that's a tall order to finish the year. They're all, they're all turning those, in, a, in a direction that Plano's not right now. And yeah. It's, I mean, for a, a Plano team that we all thought at the start of the year was a consensus playoff team out of this district. They, yep. um, it's, it's there. They've just, they've got to, they've got to recapture it. And I think a lot of that just, it starts to being able to establish the run game. And, you know, we see Kyron, it's not like Kyron Cummings just forgot how to bust big runs. No. You know, but seeing this is now two straight weeks where, I mean, it's just a lot of them is just, the, the running lanes just flat out aren't there for yep. them right now. And if they're not there for, you know, for Cody Chris, for Tylen Hines, who we didn't mention earlier, but another just huge big play threat that they have in the run game there's there's enough firepower in that backfield but they just have not been able to replicate the magic that they've shown these last you know few years yep. having one of the top running rushing offenses in the district well and like we said it doesn't get any easier no, especially you know this week going up against east which you know if we're going to say that allen is allen then then if you're east you just cross that one off and and get ready for plano and, and try to get back on I'm track just but see if they're able to do so because yeah. that was we obviously was thorough there was, was thorough. a lot of a lot of hype you yep. know partially you know, the media certainly had a hand in that. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day, you always are aware that there is a scenario oh, where yeah. Allen can just do things mm-hmm. that just few other teams are. Capable. They have a ceiling that just few few teams in the state can reach. Well, and, and I, I think that I even made the point that 
you know, this East team wasn't going to sneak up on Allen, and that no. that the route to this result was the fact that Allen was taking this game very seriously <laughs> and was was out to. I mean, you'll never hear it from from their mouths because that's not how they they approach um, putting things out in the media. But I get the sense that Allen wanted to send a message and say that you know if, if we gear up for a game and and we're not going to let you catch us by surprise and we're going to play our game at home. We're gonna beat you by you know whatever. The we're gonna double you yeah, up. We're gonna double you up, and and we're not afraid to do it, and, and we're that good. And I think it is a, a symptom of Allen is just you know one of the best teams. I mean they're ranked number one in the state, and you can see why. I don't know if that means that you know they're they're necessarily penciled in for a repeat because there's some other really good programs in the state, but they are North Shores. They are two and apparently just doing great yeah. things down in the Houston area. But I mean it, in this district, it's. You know, Allen is is just overwhelming for mm. for anybody, and and it was it was evident on on Friday for sure when when they handled East because Allen it's just it's just too much. I mean they they get the ball at the forty five nearly every possession. Their offense is ruthlessly yeah, efficient. It's like clockwork. Yeah, just the, they win the special teams out, battle. Get a punt, good special teams return, and they just got short. And then anytime you make one mistake, because I mean I, I even wrote I think in my my gamer and in my rapid reaction that you know Plano East had two critical mistakes in the first half, and and that's too too many. Oh. And you're done. It's death. <laughs> so it's it's. Inter- I, I I am very interested to see this week. Um, Plano East is going to have. You know they they love to play with a chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a gigantic one walking around this week before the Plano game. And I think they're going to want to come out and make a statement. So yeah. be a, a prove it game for for both teams for East to get back on track and for Plano to to uh, <clears throat> to plug the holes in the ship. And we'll we'll see. This was uh, not the not the best of weeks for Plano ISD. No, um, all things considered. Nope. Um, whereas McKinney ISD went three and zero. Plano ISD did not. Far from it. They went zero and three, and they were. Um, let's see. I had it somewhere. They were. Uh, scored by a lot. Yes. They Put were, it that way. They were collectively outscored one hundred and forty-three to fifty-six. Yeah. And losses to teams that are a combined nine and nine on the season. Yeah. Um, we've already. And a lot of that is Allen. I mean, Allen's six and zero. So yeah, that's yeah. that's the other scary part. I mean. It, Teams are nine and nine, and Allen's got six of those wins. So, so we've talked about. I mean, we talked about Plano, just what they're kind of battling through right now. Um, we can, you know, show some love to McKinney Boyd because yeah. of just the uh, how the Broncos have started to look like the team that I think um, there was. Uh, I know at least Kendrick was very high mm-hmm. on them coming into the season. I'm pretty sure this is kind of what he had in mind. Yeah, it seems like they're figuring it out at the right time. And, and that's uh, all you can ask for. They've definitely things have definitely clicked into place for them these last couple weeks in district. They had a you know a, a tricky setback to Plano East, gave up a lot of points there, but they I think the offense still showed enough. They Mm-hmm. the ball as well as any team had up to that point on Plano East, yep. and they've now finally been able to convert that success into points, and that was kind of the issue with Boyd early on. Lots of yardage, not as many points, so just you know, not able to really um, execute on the red zone or what just just sustain drives once they got into uh, enemy territory, but you look at these um, you know, these last two weeks, they were able to beat Jesuit, you know, mm-hmm. 35-28, and then they, um, I mean, they just laid the wood to, uh, to Plano West, 52-13, yep. to 13. and the thing about Boyd that is, um, that has stuck out in recent weeks you know, we um, heading into the season, it was a lot of uh, you know Theo Weiss is the best receiver in this mm-hmm. district. But watch out for Jalen Anderson at Plano East. The number two receiver right now in District Nine Six A is Kareem Coleman yeah. of McKinney Boyd, who um, who once again made his presence known against uh, against Plano West. He had five catches for almost 140 yards. He had um, two touchdowns, one receiving and one on special teams. He was actually uh, our All Collin County uh, second team uh, returner last year for All Collin County football team. So he. He was, you know, he definitely set the tone last year with his play on special teams, but he has emerged as perhaps you could make a case that this is like the preeminent big play receiver right now in the uh, in the Metroplex. At least there's a case to be made. His numbers on the year so far, 16 catches, 495 yards, and four touchdowns. Yeah. 
That is a uh, good for an average of almost 31 <laughs> yards per yeah, catch. That's a lot. I'm no math major, but that's pretty yeah, good. Can you run those back again? <laughs> 30, 31 yards a catch? Yes, 31 yards a catch. What is it down to that? Uh, let me just pull up my Word document again. 16 catches, 495, and uh, and four touchdowns. Plus, he is, um, you know, again, arguably the top returner um, on special teams in the uh, in the district. Yeah. I mean, he's in that 31 you know, yards per catch, that is, you know, far and away the, the high mark of any of the top 25 ranked receivers in the Class 6 yeah. Metroplex. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Kareem Coleman, man, is very, uh, almost like a Tyreek Hill vibe to him. <laughs> it was just, I mean, just get the ball in his hands and just let yeah. him let him cook. And, yeah, he, uh, I mean, he had a, he put on a show against, uh, against, um, against Plano West, which Plano West, which is now still in search of its, uh, of its first win. Um, the, uh, you know, just uh, the opportunities to get that first win are dwindling by the, uh, by the minute. And sure enough, for Plano West, a, um, you know, you look at this, the, just the raw box score numbers, they they, um, I mean, they're not bad or anything. I mean, they, you know, 318 yards of offense, I mean, you'll take that most nights. Yep. Um, they, uh, I mean, they were able to force, you know, two turnovers on defense. They actually gained one more first down than McKinney Boyd did, and they were down 31-6 to at the half. Yeah. So it's a lot of it's just, you know. Straggling. Piling up the yardage, kind of like Boyd was earlier in the season, piling up the yardage, but they just don't have the points to show for it. Yeah. Um, you know, Taylor, you've been talking with head coach Scott Smith every week as he tries to, you know, power through another another difficult season out of yeah. the west side of Plano. I mean, just what is the uh, what is the mood right now as this West team is trying to do whatever it can to avoid a second consecutive 0 and 10 season? Man, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think if you look at it, you have to. I mean, you look at the, the schedule the rest of the way, you have to try to beat McKinney this week if you're going to get your win. Yes. I think that's I think that's literally you have to have this one circled. That is paramount. Um, because you have Prosper, <laughs> Point Oasis, and Allen to finish, and I don't think you win any of those games. I just don't. I think all those three teams are just are just too good. Not not saying that anything's out of – or anything's impossible. I mean, in Texas high school football, crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you look at the four games left, and I think this is the one that, that you got to have. And it's, it's just – it's strange because I think – you know, Danny Davis is a, a great athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that he, um, you know, especially as a junior, you know, maybe even coming back next year, he has the potential to develop into, you know, a pretty good uh, quarterback if, if you can if you can get the system going around him. But, man, I don't know. I mean, confidence has been their whole thing this year. They believe they can win football games. I, I think that they believe that. I think that that's not just blowing smoke. I think they genuinely believe they're, they're talented enough. But, I mean, like you said, it, it just hasn't come together. And, you know, every year in a district like nine six eight, there's going to be somebody that even if you play decently, you know, there's just so many good teams and, mm-hmm. and so much talent in this district that, you know, if you if you're not playing your best game or you just don't quite have the athletes or, you know, you, you can't quite get your game plan going the way because it seems like the nine six eight is a district where each and every matchup is about one team imposing the way they want to play the football game, mm. almost. I mean, it seems like almost every week that's kind of what it comes down to when we talk about different matchups in this district, and Plano West just hasn't been able to do that. I mean, they haven't been able, in any of their games, they haven't been able to dictate, uh, at least for a full, you know, four quarters, the way they want to play the football game. Mm. And it's tough to win in 9-6-A. It's tough to win in Texas if you if you can't do that. So The close to their season, they get McKinney at home at Clark Stadium on Friday, and then they round out with games at Prosper, yep. against East, and at Allen, yep. the top three teams in the district. So. Yep. This might be it for the Wolves. We'll see if they if it is a literal kitchen sink game on Friday. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be. I, I yeah. think it has to be. And I, I think that, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's weird, too, because you, you had the quarterback competition coming in, um, and then there was a lot of talk about, you know, the two guys that that didn't 
um, you know, become the the starter. You know, Danny Davis always obviously named the starter would be you know big factors in in the rest of the offense, and and it was tough because they lost um, Greg Drawn beginning of the season to an injury. He missed a couple weeks. Uh, he's been working back pretty slowly. I mean, had you know four rushing attempts for 25 yards. Uh, you know, last week. Will Cannon. Um, you know, Scott Smith says every week pretty much that that he's had a good week catching the football in practice. We're going to try to work him into the passing game. But that hasn't really materialized. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Carter, I think, has been their number one receiver. But you know, he, he, another four, you know, four catches for ninety nine yards, a really big play threat. But it's just not, it's not been enough to get him over the top. Mm-hmm. And and it has to be this week. Some of that has to be enough to get them over McKinney. Or like you said, we, we're probably looking at another because they're getting you know, they're getting a McKinney team that's coming in confident. Oh and yeah, what Coach Haber said after the game oh, yeah. was, you know, confidence was so key for McKinney as far as them just. I don't know, being able just to cultivate that mindset where they came into this game. They came into Friday's game against Plano expecting to win. And it could have yep. something to do with their recent history against Plano or whatnot, but it's definitely a team that appears to be at a bit of a different uh, a different level mentally right now yep. than a West team that is just uh, just looking for what I mean, it's, it's tough because you, you, you talk about confidence, and, and I truly believe that they think they're talented. I, I don't want to ever say that a team is beat or thinks it's beaten, but at some point when you haven't won in what is it now, 22 or 23 games? These are just high school you, you can't, you can't, that's going to get in your head to some extent. As much as you, as much as you preach confidence and it only takes one game to turn around, that has to get in your head to some extent. I mean, there's guys on that team that have never won a football game. I mean, that, and that's just a tough way to, that's a tough way to, to, to build some sort of winning attitude. So, so we'll see. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's never out of the realm of possibility, but it's going to be a tough one. We'll see what's in store later this week. Uh, big stakes all across Plano ISC as they look to right the ship yep. later this week. And that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Go vote for our Game of the Week poll. It's up on the website, starlocalmedia.com. Five very worthy selections this week. Some big games out in your neck of the woods as well, JT, out in Denton County. And um, that'll do it, folks. Uh, Justin, Taylor, appreciate you all for swinging by. Folks, you enjoy, uh, you enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. 
So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.